I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Before that, he says these words, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought them out on his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. To hear the voice of our shepherd is a precious thing. When we hear the voice of the shepherd, it brings comfort. It brings joy. It brings courage. It lets us know that we are both known and that we know him. And it lets us know that he listens to us. My sheep will hear my voice. We listen to him. That word, listen there, it's, um, it's this Greek word, um, akuo, something like that. Oh, it, that's it. I got it. Wow. Wonderful. Um, anyway, it's, it's related to the word acoustic, basically, and it, it's, it's the word to hear. And when it's paired with that listen to, it's, it's, it's listening, but our attention is, is very much focused on something. And, and here, our attention is focused on the shepherd. And, and what it's talking about is, is this nuanced hearing of the sheep, because it, it's not just that they're hearing any old voice or they're hearing any old thing. They're hearing very specifically the voice of their specific shepherd. There's a, there's a relationship here. We, we had it um, just spoken in our prayer meeting this morning that, um, that as followers of Jesus, we, we are, it's not a religion as such, but it's a relationship. We, we, have, a, we have a living relationship with, with our God, with our shepherd. He, he knows us and we know him. And, and I, I think we get that. We, we get that really well up here. We've, we've heard it often, over and over again. It's not a religion, it's a relationship with the living God. But there's something, we can, we can sometimes fall away from, from, from that reality, experienced reality of that relationship. I want to hear the voice of our shepherd. I love how Jesus takes these images and these um, these things that people were aware of so much. They'd seen sheep and they'd seen shepherds. And where, where we have some idea of that, we're a little bit more removed from that. Uh, but I have a little video here uh, just to, to show you something of what it's like to hear the shepherd's voice.
something special about those sheep, wasn't there, at the end there, when you could see them kind of, they, they thought they recognised the voice of their shepherd and, and you could see their heads pop up and their, their ears kind of go forwards and um, you could almost see, I don't know how much you can see on the expression of a sheep's face, but I thought I could see this kind of excitement and this anticipation and, and this joy almost come over them. Like, it's, my shepherd's here! Did, did you feel that as you, you kind of saw their little bodies um, respond to that? And then they start running down towards him with this joy and excitement. I wonder how you relate to that. When we hear about um, hearing the shepherd's voice, whether, whether that's something and, and you just saw that and it's like, yes, that, that's what it's like. That's what it's like when I, when I hear um, the shepherd's voice. I, I, I feel that, like those sheep. I, I, there's something in me that just draws me towards the shepherd. I wonder if you're going in your heart, I, I'm just, just not sure, Andrew, if, I'm, if, I can, if I can hear that voice of the shepherd amongst the, the other voices in life. Maybe, maybe you're looking at, um, you saw that, that shepherd right at the back there, not the shepherd, the sheep. And uh, there was one of them there, he was a bit slow, and uh, everyone else has got their head up, and then everyone else starts moving, and uh, that, that sheep's kind of looking around at everyone else around him, and kind of, maybe he's a new sheep, um, maybe that's what it was. And, but in seeing everyone else move, uh, it, it helped that sheep recognise uh, the voice of the shepherd as well and came, came running. Maybe in you, you're going, that, I used to feel like that, but um, I'm, just, I'm just not hearing the voice of my shepherd quite as well as I used to. And I, I long for that, for that response of those sheep to be a response in me. Maybe you're just saying, I, I, I just want to know how to hear the reality of the shepherd's voice like that. My sheep hear my voice. This is a key component, it's a key blessing of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. That, that we are not just those who speak to the living God, but we are those who the living God speaks to us. This is what Andrew Murray said. He says, prayer is not a monologue, but it's a dialogue. God's voice is the most essential part. Listening to God's voice is the secret of the assurance that he will listen to mine. Don't just want us to be a praying people. I don't just want us to be a praying church. Well, I want us to be a praying church, but I want it to have both those components. Let's say it this way. I don't want us just to be a speaking church to God, but I want us to be a listening church. There's something that happens when we, when we listen to the voice of God. Uh, I think of Jesus as what he said. He says, um, Pray, my kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in, as in, as is in heaven. There's something when, when God speaks to us and we hear what he's saying, when he puts a burden on our heart, that, uh, that when we pray into that, into what we've heard from God and the burden that he's placed on his heart, when, when we combine the will of God and, the, and, and our will, there's something um, really quite special that happens in those times when we hear the voice of our shepherd and join with him in what he said.
how do we, how do we hear this voice of the shepherd? Uh, I, I want to I have those delight, like those fish, not like those fish, those, um, those sheep, um, to be able to, to hear his voice, have the excitement of, of together hearing that and together following him together. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to be spending a little bit of time this morning in Luke chapter 24. So Luke chapter 24 and uh, going to the Emmaus Road. Um, let, me, let me start reading this. This is Luke chapter 24, verse 13. It says, now that same day, um, this was the same day as Jesus rose from the dead, and he was seen by um, some women who went down to the, uh, to, the, to the tomb of Jesus and he wasn't there and they came running back and they told the other disciples that were waiting and, and they said, uh, Jesus' body's not there and remember they went back and checked it out and so it's on this day that Jesus appears. It says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. So here we, we see it says two of them. It's talking about two that were with, um, with Peter and the other disciples. So they, they heard the reports of, of this lady, of these women that came back and said, Jesus is alive. Uh, it's, it's actually likely that these two, uh, we often see pictures of this in, in Sunday school books and in um, stained glass murals, and it's often two guys. And often we have that, that kind of picture in our mind. Uh, when, when we actually look at this, it's, it's most likely that it was probably a husband and wife. Uh, there's a, some reasons for that. Uh, one is that only one of them is, is named, and that was um, customary at that time. Uh, also, they remember how they asked them to come and stay at their house. So it's, um, many scholars actually believe that this is actually husband and wife, not that it matters all that much. They were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them, but they were kept from recognising him. So what's happening here is they're, they're walking along the road towards their, their hometown, and uh, there would be a number of travelling um, people that are going uh, away from Jerusalem, and sometimes you would, you'd walk a bit faster than others, so you'd kind of overtake them. Um, sometimes you would see them up in the distance. But here, Jesus kind of comes up and just kind of saddles up next to them. I don't know how long he was there um, before he actually starts talking to them. But it says that they were kept from recognising him. Not actually sure what that means exactly, whether there was some divine kind of... Um, uh, That sounded a bit like a battery. Now, I've got to find the stand now. There it is. So, they're walking 
along this road and, uh, and Jesus comes up beside them. And they were kept, that's right, they were kept from recognising them. So we don't know whether they were divinely kept from recognising them. We don't know because of Jesus' glorified body, whether um, it was, they were just in so much grief that they, they just couldn't contemplate um, having someone that they just saw crucified on the cross and put in a tomb and, uh, and, and days later actually being beside them alive and well. We don't know what it was there. But he comes up and he asks them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Now that, I find that quite amusing. Jesus, I'm sure Jesus knew exactly what they were discussing. Uh, he, he's actually able to, to, to kind of, uh, at this stage, disappear and, and, and come back. He, he, he knew what they were discussing, and yet he comes in and, and he kind of gently invites himself into the conversation. How often does he do that? They stood still and their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? Jesus continues the conversation and he goes, what things? I, I, could, just, I could just imagine that. Um, that. They just said to him, are you the only one that doesn't know He's like the only one that knows the best of what happened. He, he was the one that was happening to him. Uh, but he chooses not to go, here I am. Um, he, he goes, what things? Tell me. And uh, they go through it. They go through right from the beginning uh, who they expected him to be, who he actually was. And after saying all these things, he said to them, how foolish are you? And how slow to believe all the prophets who have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer all these things and then enter into his glory? What he does then is he... Um, and beginning with, them, uh, with, with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. What, what's so interesting here is, is his first move in confirming um, in, in, in who he was, in, in, in what Jesus did and achieved on the cross, is he took them to the scriptures. Uh, he could have very easily reminded them straight away of who he actually was. He could have opened their eyes, could have told them about his death, his burial, his resurrection, that he was there with him, them and he's there with them now but he takes them to the Scriptures. As they approached the village um, to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. I love this. Just, uh, he just slips in, walks with them, teaches them a bit, and then just starts to slip away again. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So they went and stayed with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts burning within us? 
There's so many, so many little things there um, for us about how God speaks to us, how God um, walks beside us. And he's there and he's speaking into our life and sometimes we don't recognise it. And we look back and we go, he was there. Wasn't my heart burning? That, that, that sense of your heart burning, there's something in us that, that helps us to recognise the voice of the Father. There's something in those sheep that they, they start to hear the nuance of the voice and, and, and we need to start to recognise that really well, that, that burning within us, this is, this is God speaking to us. I loved that he went to start to go off. And they realised, they realised that something was going on there and they, they urged him to stay. We, we, we want more and we want to be a people like that. As God kind of starts to walk beside us, that we would say, no God, don't leave, we, we want more of you. We want, stay with us, stay, stay with us here, God. Stay with my family, stay with us. We want more of you. When God speaks, um, most of us would, generally, we would think that God would speak in a big, loud, booming voice. We've got that passage in the, in the Old Testament as God appears in many different things and he comes in a whisper. That is so often the way that God comes. He comes in a whisper. He comes gently. He comes uh, like a gentleman. He just starts walking beside us. what does he do? He, he opens up the scriptures. Uh, it's, it's interesting that Jesus does this, first of all. He, he goes straight to the scriptures that have been written about him. This, this says something to us. Um, God, God speaks to us in, in, in a number of different ways, but two of the ways that are explored here are his word and his whisper. He speaks to us in both his word and his whisper. We are uh, a people of the word. And, uh, and that, is, that is so important. Jesus, Jesus in, in opening up the scriptures to, to them, what he's, he's instructing them that this is foundational. Since the, since the resurrection of Jesus, since he's been raised again, this doesn't pass away. This remains our foundation. It, uh, it, it, is, it is that which, which grounds us. It's that which gives us a foundation. It's that which has, has kept the church on a solid foundation for the last 2,000 years. This is what defines reality for us. It's, it's his word. We're, we're in a society at the moment that is in quite a unique period of time and it's a society that is, that is taking reality and, and is basically saying that how we feel actually defines reality. And, and, and that is going to have, start to have an implication in the church as well because, because our kids need to know that, that, that reality is, is defined by God. We, we, when we start defining reality by the way we feel, by the way we sense, things start to go very, very wrong. Last Tuesday, when I was with the team, um, we, were, we were sitting down in a room up at Good Life and uh, I... Um, I said hello to the team and introduced myself and then went to start to, to set up kind of a plan for the morning. And um, Roy so graciously and humbly um, just 
not interrupted, but, but chimed in and said, Andrew, do you, do you think it would be okay if I pray? And uh, I, I, I sensed the Word of God, in the, in the right now Word of God, speaking at that moment. So often, so ready to plan and to think, and sometimes we need to come and we just need to come and pray. Um, team worshipped and we prayed together and, and they, they opened up the Scriptures. And, and, and Roy went through the Scriptures because uh, Roy and the team and, and understand something that, that just like Jesus, that the Scriptures are our foundation. And, and when we pray out of the promises of the Scriptures, something comes alive as well. So I, I thank you, Roy, for your mentoring to me, even though you didn't realise that you were doing that. One of the things with, with the Bible is that it can just be a little bit difficult and a little bit hard, especially at the beginning. Uh, it was written in a couple of different languages that have been translated to a different people in a different time, uh, very different to us. It's uh, written in all sorts of different uh, ways and... and uh, and, and it can just be a little bit confusing and, and maybe even boring. Someone has said that uh, it is the most purchased book and the least read um, book around. One of the things about Scripture, about the Bible, about God's Word, is that there, there, is, a, there is an aspect to it in which it's a desired taste. It's an um, acquired taste. That's what it is. I, when I was young, I used to have, uh, I loved cheese, uh, right through my life, I've always loved cheese, I started off loving the Kraft cheese, do you know that, that awful cheese, um, I don't know if you can call it plastic in a wrapper, um, but I, I, when I was three and four, uh, I was a little bit of a picky kid, and uh, I wanted that Kraft cheese, but it had to be absolutely perfect, okay, do you know how when you're unwrapping that cheese, how the little corner breaks off? Uh, I could not have a broken off corner. It, it had to be absolutely perfect, so my mum would go to great pains because it just wasn't worth it if that little corner of the cheese broke off. As I matured and got older, I started to, my appreciation for cheese grew and I moved to cheddar. And uh, all my life expanded from craft plastic stuff to cheddar. I started to appreciate cheddar. And then I met Julia. And Julia had a thing for Krakenbale extra sharp vintage cheese. Yum. I, it's like when you get the normal cheddar now, it's like, nah, it just, just doesn't quite do it. Then we moved to France. Uh, that, that's a whole different world. Like you go into the, the supermarkets there and it is just, the whole thing is just different types of cheese. Like it's, it's amazing. And I'd go out to dinner and we would have this plate, and I didn't know how it worked. Seemingly, you eat cheese in different orders and stuff like that, but um, I, just, I just love the cheese there. We went into cheese factories, and uh, one of my favourite cheeses is called Beaufort cheese. It's made in the Alps of Elberville and around that, the Savoie region. And, you know, there's a difference between summer Beaufort cheese and winter Beaufort cheese, because in the winter they eat only the hay, and in the summer they go out and eat all the nice um, flowers and stuff like that. And I'm sure if I was just a kid, 
um, come in and having Beaufort, I probably would have spat it out, but I would have had no chance of being able to uh, enjoy the, the difference and the different textures and um, my enjoyment between the craft cheese and now my love of cheese now is at such a, such a different level. I enjoyed it back then, but now there's this depth and there's this richness and I, I, I love it. That's something of what happens to us as we, as we keep um, sinking and, and, and being in the Word of God is that our, our, our taste and our experience with the Word and with God speaking to us through it matures and starts to, to develop and we have this deep love for the Word of God. We, we long for that time where we can get back to the cheese or get back to His Word. When we look at the word, wow, look at the time. Um, when we look at the, the word, uh, word, we've got both uh, lagos and uh, rima, or something like that. Now, lagos is, uh, this is, this is this, the, the, the written word, it's, um, it talks about Jesus being the lagos in the beginning of John. But this word, rema, which we don't actually notice all that often, um, it's the, th- this is the, the word that has been given to us, but the rema of God is the, it's the word in the now, it's in the moment. It, it's, it's often sensed by us when, when Jesus takes this word and he applies it to our heart and we sense that he's speaking to us right now. When Jesus says that, that man doesn't live by bread alone, but they live by every word that comes from the mouth of God, that's the rema word. It's the, it's the word for this moment, it's the word for, for, for right at, 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 the, at the very present moment. And Jesus says, that's the word that we live by. That's the, that's the sheep calling out to the, uh, that's the shepherd calling out to the sheep. It's that, wasn't our heart burning within us? Jesus was expounding the scriptures to them, but what was happening was the Holy Spirit was applying that word to them in a very special way, right in that time in place. He was speaking to them and they could sense it, they could feel it. God speaks to us in many ways. Two of those ways are through His word and through His whisper. just want to close by, li- by just going through a couple of things about how we, how we listen to God. Um, this, is, this is so important to a follower of Jesus, it's so important to our church that we learn to hear the voice of the shepherd. Now, we're actually going to do a, a series on this at the beginning of next year, and I'm going to have an, a number of our people from our congregation come up and just talk about how they hear and listen to the voice of God, because we want to be good, we want to be like those sheep who hear the voice of our shepherd. In order to hear the voice of our shepherd, I've got three things. We need to stay close to God. Uh, if those sheep jumped out of that paddock and they're up in the back bushes somewhere and their shepherd comes down and calls them, they're not going to hear the voice of their shepherd. One of, one of the reasons we gather together is because we, we come uh, to, to, to listen to the voice of our shepherd. One of the reasons we, uh, we, we try and stay in alignment with the things of God is because when we're in alignment with the things of God and His ways, we can hear His voice well. This is what Augustine of Hippo said. He said, remember this, when people choose to withdraw far from a fire, 
The fire continues to give warmth, but they grow cold. When people choose to withdraw far from light, the light continues to be bright itself, but they are in darkness. This is also the case when people withdraw from God. When we're not in alignment with Him, when we're in a different pen somewhere, it's hard to hear His voice. Seek Him, stay close to Him. So that's first one, stay close to God. Second one, seek after Him. Um, seek after Him together. This is, we, we so often individualize stuff. Did you see how those sheep, they heard His voice together? And they were looking around going, do, do you hear it? Is this, is this our shepherd? You could almost see them talking. They started barring to one another. Um, that, that is the wonderful gift of, a, of having a church body is that we, we kind of turn to one another and say, do you hear it? Do you hear what he's saying? That's, that's the way God designed it. Um, it, it. It both helps us from going on the wrong way and not hearing his voice because others can go, ah, I don't think he's saying that. But it helps us to identify and it helps new followers, new sheep to be able to start to hear what that voice sounds like. So stay close to God, seek Him with others. And the last one is expect Him to speak and have listening ears. Expect that our God is speaking. I want to uh, just read this very last quote. I've actually got this up on the, up on the board there. And um, I think this is an immediate now word for God for our church. Listen to God. Listening to God started to slow me down. Or we could say, listening to God started to slow us down and enabled us to focus our attention more on more on coming to Jesus and following Him rather than talking about Jesus and slaving away from Him. The focus was less and less on our activities for Him and more on our attentiveness to Him, on walking with Him, and on working with him. I think that's what God wants us to do, is to look and listen for the voice of our shepherd, and then to, to walk with him. Just think of those sheep. That's what they did. They listened, and then they followed him. And uh, there is a freedom in that. The burden is not heavy, there's a joy when we hear the voice of our shepherd and we walk with him. So, Father, we come before you and we thank you that you speak to us as your people. Lord, would you make us very, very good at hearing your voice? We want to be just like those sheep. We want to, we want to listen together to what you're saying and we want to run towards you. Father, I, I just want to give us a... a just a little bit of time of silence now so that we may individually in our own hearts express something to you. Whether it, I, I want to hear your voice. Whether it's I want to be more in alignment with you so I, can, so I can hear that. Whatever that may be, let's, let's just take a bit of a time as a church just to express that silence before God.
Lord, you have heard the prayers of your people. And they're in response to what you have first spoken to them. So, Lord, would you, would you bless us in our journey of hearing you better together? Lord, we want to experience the joy and the confidence and the courage and the, the being known by you more and more. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As the